Yo, what's up? Hello, hello. What's going on? We are official Safe right. Head Kick podcast with my boy Kendrick McClinn. Oh my gosh, <laughs> me, me on a podcast. Oh boy, my guy. Oh boy, <laughs> how you doing? Doing good, man. Um, so you're, you're. I know you as mostly. I call you by your capoeira name, which is, uh, or as you know, in the capoeira circles as Balu. But mm-hmm. uh, what do you go by these days more, Kendrick or Balu? Ah, oh, man, probably Kendrick. Okay. All right. I'm going to try to call you Kendrick, but you'll always be Balu to me. That's all right. <laughs> and now we out in public, or ain't nobody going to know who you're talking to. You know, keep <laughs> that Balu looking around, you know what I'm saying? So, but right now, hey, let's, I'm, I'm ready for it. I can see. <laughs> They'd be like, who's this guy with, with Kendrick crazy? He keeps saying something about balloons in the air, balloon around. I haven't seen no balloon. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, it's hilarious, man. It's 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 and I don't know if it's the same for you. I'm sure you have experienced it at some point, but people don't know your real name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. No, they do. Yeah, it's true. Like all the yeah, most people in the Capoeira world don't know my 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 real name. It's funny. Yep. yep. What what is your Capoeira name mean again, Balu? Balu, well, actually, but uh, uh, you're gonna make me tell the story. Yep. Uh, well, <laughs> Balu, the, the, the actual Balu Balu came from Balu the Bear from Tailspin or from from the Jungle Book. Yeah. My first, um, when I first started training years ago, I used to wear like a tank top, and my arms were showing. And one of one of the guys I trained with, uh, my yo's, he didn't know my name. He said, "Hey, Balu," you know, and it just stuck. Wait. You know? Why did he call you Baloo? I don't know because he thought I looked like Baloo the Bear. Oh, I like, that's no. that's got to be some East Coast Detroit humor or something. We would, no one would, no one would ever I, say I, that I, down here. Yeah, they, I I just I don't know, man. I I was nineteen and I didn't really think anything of it. And he said Baloo, and everybody else heard him say Baloo, so they started calling me Baloo. <laughs> so your yeah. your cup with a name has like racial overtones in it almost yeah, what the yeah. fuck I mean, you, you know what i mean but it was another black guy that they called blue so what is it black on black oh i mean man i know oh man my o's, i love my ozo but i remember i had this um shout out to my ozo and his brother uh sorry about the little uh situation that happened years ago when i was in detroit man, i remember yeah were you there that day of course i was there <laughs> Hey, I still, I still never regret for sticking up for uh, Mestre Bengala BGZ's honor, bro. That's an older dude, man. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I'm from the old school, bro. Like, there's just certain lines you don't cross, man. But I'm, uh, I'm always gonna stick up for the older, older, the older statesmen, the elder statesmen in the room. If I can, I'm always gonna do that. But, um, but shout out to Mayozo, and I forget his younger brother's name. Shout out to those guys. Kiabu. Yep. Kiabo, Kiabo, yeah. Shout out to yep. my couple of brothers, man. All good. All love, man. Always. Mm-hmm. Learning experience for him, I'm sure. He 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 never forgot that, I bet. I know I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still I still have the video somewhere. I'm I'm archiving all my martial arts, capoeira, boxing, oh, Muay Thai man. matches, uh everything I'm archiving off the v- training videos, off all my like I have like 500 VHS tapes un- downstairs in my storage unit. Hey. And um, I'm going to archive them into digital media. That's my next project during this uh, slow times. You know what? A buddy of mine, my, my camera my camera editor was just camera camera. My cameraman editor was just telling me that it's some kind of a website 
where if you send them like your because I, I got like a, a gang of digital videos that I recorded. Mm-hmm. He, if you send those into the, this particular company, that they'll put them all on like a USB. Yeah, no, that's sick. I got. I'm gonna look into that. But also, I I've been looking on Amazon and online, and there's like devices you can purchase that, and really? they they kind of explain to you how to do it yourself. I'm sure it just want- takes longer, but that's my project because I I can't I can never trust my my videos out because those those VHS are irreplaceable. But sure, but yeah. I'm I'm trust so I'm trying to learn how to do it on my own, even if it takes forever. Just do the good ones, you know. Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, it's one of those things where you pay for convenience, man. I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. Love, no, for sure. So, so an example would be boneless, skinless chicken breast. You can buy it for, you know, a buck ninety nine a pound, and that's like a sale price. But if you buy bone in chicken breast, it's ninety nine cents a pound. But you, it's, it's, you know, it's not deboned. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. Man, so I had um. So how you been, man? How's how are things? Ah, oh, man, it's good to be here, man. It's good to be alive. Um, people younger than me are gone my elders, oh. some of them, you know what I'm saying? So it's just a blessing to be here, man. It's a blessing to talk to, you, you know? Yeah. When, when you say it is a blessing, man, for me too, uh, to be, to be getting a chat with you now, um, what is, um, and also to be alive, what is, um, what, when you say you lost some of your, um, younger loved ones was the younger people I'm, I'm, that was that, uh, to like, um, natural, you know, natural getting sick or was like, uh, there's some, some bad things that happened or, well, I just, I mean, I, it's kind of a general statement, but I guess intimate as well. It's like, I mean, you know, I hear about people that were younger than me that I may have gone to school with in the past, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, or even just watching the news sometimes, you know. Yeah, okay. That are no longer here. And it's like, man, stuff like that is a consistent reminder, man. The people younger than me are gone. Or you yeah. Hear about like, man, I'm still here and it's with purpose, you know. Like, yeah. yeah, that's right. What um, what uh, I I was so I had all these I- ideas uh of you know th- cool things we can go over uh during this today, but um I gotta address um what's going on over here, and I'm sure you can share with me uh, what's going on over there. But uh, last 24 hours has just been uh or last three days, four days, but also especially here where I live, Bay Area, last 24 hours there's been uh massive protests in Oakland, San Jose. And to, and uh, there's just been, uh, you know, um, uh, rest in peace, you know, to the gentleman that was uh, slain by the racist police officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, rest in peace to that man. And um, but uh, I, I feel, um, yeah, it's uh, the, the mood here is, uh, you know, it's pretty it's pretty sad and also pretty, um, you know, kind of we don't I don't know. It's just hard to see what's. It's hard. To just I'm just finding myself watching the news nonstop and just trying to see what's what's going on. I'm just observing and taking it all in. Um, yeah. I I, li- I listen to um, uh, you know people sh- showing their anger, frustration, and uh, and 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 they're tired of putting up with um, the injustices in society, injustices towards uh, you know our black brothers and sisters, and and also people that are marginalized and 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 uh are suffering from inequality in all kinds of ways shapes and forms so everyone here in the bay area especially the last 24 hours is is uh showing their anger towards that and it's just been a lot of destruction people getting hurt shot killed over here in oakland and in um, san jose 
Um, just, you know, just a man, you know, everything's just, it seems like a lot of, most of the community is just like falling in shambles right now. And rightfully so. I, I understand observing this the last 48 hours. I understand where all this, I, as much as I can, I, I understand where it's all coming from, you know, and I look at everything from objective lens always. I mean, that probably comes with me from being a older guy I'm 43 experiencing a lot of life and death and myself in my life and also George. being uh also being a martial artist my whole life helps me uh see things uh always from an objective viewpoint uh and i'm always putting myself in uh maintaining myself in a uh, a position of, of of observing things and trying to learn and, and understand what's going on and 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 uh yeah so i'm observing it you know from that point of view i'm just you know, I just, I'm just watching day by day what's happening. And, and I don't know how I could, you know, help or be a part besides uh, just spread um, whenever I have a chance, whether it's through social media or through uh, any friends that, that I have or, or through you right now, I just want to spread um, the, the message of unity and, and love and, and compassion and positivity, even though a lot of people are positive right now for obvious reasons. But um, I just want to always, I want to come from a place of um, love and unity, whoever I interact with, especially my, you know, my, my close and distant friends like you. So um, yeah, so that's the mood over here. And uh, I, I just wanted to address that and um, yeah. off the top and, and again, rest in peace, uh, rest in power to the gentleman um, that was slain by the uh, police officer, uh, you know, recently. So, and, and, rest and um you know prayers to him and his family and prayers to everyone that is um being affected uh mentally physically uh socioeconomically um by by this um that's going on right now so and uh, i don't know and that's that's my that's my little piece i felt like i need to say and um if you you have any thoughts uh or what's going on in detroit is is it safe there or there's things how are things is is it peaceful? Is it is it is it not peaceful? Or what, what's the word on the street over there? If you wouldn't mind sharing in, in Detroit, in your hometown. As far as I can tell, man, I mean, there's been protests going on, but I haven't heard or seen. I hadn't heard anything or seen the term violence. Yeah. You know, granted, granted, I work two jobs and right. It's <laughs> a lot, but the major stuff, I like to think that I have uh, um, handled on in terms of what's going on, I haven't heard. I have heard about protests again, but I haven't heard about people being hurt. So that's a good thing. You know, That's I've had good. an opportunity to glimpse the news and just see that there's protests, <clears throat> some rioting going on across the country, you know, from the outrage of what's, what's happened, you know, so, which, yeah, is, is sad, man. It's like, but on the, all you can really do is, is be the difference you want to, you want to see, man. You know, it's, it's crazy. Um, I have people that I love and care about that are law enforcement. So I'm not, I'm not one of those people like, man, bump the police, blah, blah, yeah. blah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I mean, and for the police officers that's doing wrong, man, I mean, they got to be held accountable. You know, it's it's senseless and it makes no sense for things like that to happen. You know, and um, I can't speak for other people, but me, me myself, again, I have people, you know, people I know and care about that are in law enforcement. I've never had wow, any sense happen to me by the police, but that doesn't stop. Um, me from having that compassion. I mean, from being a black man and hearing about and seeing what's going on in the world, man. You know, it is ridiculous. Yeah, you. Uh, yeah, you echo uh, some of my sentiments too. You sound um, 
Yeah, birds of the feather flock together for sure. Like, um, it'd be hard for me to have a conversation with like a, 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 a with a um, hardcore twenty year old, twenty one year old activist right now. You know what I mean? Like on the subject, you know, um, just because we're coming from different walks of life, different places in our lives, and and we leave we're living different lives. Like me, like yeah, I'm up until recently, you know, I work you know massively full time, six days a week, sometimes seven days a week, mm. and um, just supporting my my children. That's it. That's my that's my main focus. You know, support my family. And, um, and just being, uh, making the most out of my day and, um, trying to improve myself, you know? So, um, I mean, that's just been my lifestyle for, for, since I can remember since the last, for sure the last, uh, 15 years or 10 years. So, yeah. So I'm kind of in my own, like, uh, you know, responsibility bubble, but, um, but yeah, I just, same thing. Like I have, I know I, I have friends that are, you know, police officers and stuff and guys in the martial arts community and guys who are friends uh or guys and guys who are uh brothers of some of my close friends are, are police officers and um and obviously like i mean i wouldn't associate with i wouldn't associate or calling with a friend who was negative or, or racist or unfair you know these are friends i've had for like you know six years or more and um and i've met their they're some of their um, brothers that are police officers in San Francisco. And, um, you know, there's, there's, there's good cops and bad cops, I believe, you know, and um, it's tough, man. It's tough. It's tough. I just, um, I'm just for uh, fairness, equality, peace and love. And, and uh, I'm going to do whatever I can to facilitate that. But um, I'm definitely, um, but I'll be, I'll become, I'm coming from a different pers- angle or ability to do that because I, my, number one priority is um you know treating my raising and feeding my kids raising them well and 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 teaching them more importantly teaching them right from wrong and being mm-hmm. fair you know so that, that that you know what that's important man i mean just as a father you know that's important um <clears throat> there's a lot of emphasis on women and the job that they do as mothers yeah. but i feel like it's, it's downplay undermined and not as not seemingly as respected for a father to do what a father does a father's role is just as important just as important man it's just to if not more to, if not more pretty much you know i mean you see what's happened <clears throat> in um a lot of communities particularly the black community my father's it man that's serious business man that's that's the problem that's a major problem, if not the biggest problem within the black community, is that fatherhood thing, man. Not a, not a lot of the fathers around, and I know myself, and I wouldn't be the man that I am if it wasn't for my father. Same here, you know, man. Same here. I, learned, I learned a lot of lessons. He never spoke a word when it came to some things, but I seen him do. Yeah, you know, and his presence was there. You know what I mean? So when I had the opportunity to listen to you talk about how you're doing, what you're doing, working and sacrificing and and loving on your children and wanting them to be, you know, productive. And, you know, man, it's, it blesses me to hear that, man. So I'm, I'm really proud of you for that. And I, I don't mean to sound corny. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not at all. It's, it's, no, I appreciate it. You mean, you mean the world to those kids, man. I mean, you know, you really do. They may not say it. And they, it's one of those things, even for myself, different, being 40 years old, or even as I got older, I understood what my father's presence and the contributions he made you know meant in molding me you know what i mean right you don't know so much when you're a kid or a teen but as you get older and you live some life it means something i 
I really believe your children haven't expressed that to you um, yet. They will at some point, you know, and if nothing else, by the way, they live their lives. Exactly. Yeah, man. I, I, I've been focused on uh, not, um, I've been focused on changing my, um, my family's history and trajectory and, 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 and everything. Like I, for example, I, my, both my, 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 my older sister and my younger brother, they're both educated. They both have college degrees. Um, they're both really educated. Um, I did, we did not do good in school. I didn't care for school much or the school system. And I wish I did. And I, if I could go back, I would do it all different. I would have got my degree, but you know, that's shoulda, coulda, woulda. But um, yeah. I got degrees in other things though, like martial arts and tra- travel and, and pushing myself, setting goals. So I got degrees in that, which is good, which are, you know, are all good things. So that's that way I have my degrees, but, um, but yeah, my, I, but I, when I had kids and as I got old, as they got older and I got older, I realized I wanted them to have, uh, not be like me, not, not to not, not like school and not see the importance of education. So my, my oldest who just graduated from mission high school, you know, he graduated with honors and, um, and he, yeah, he's on the honor roll. And um, I think he had, he had a really high GPA and he was going to go to um, before, you know, everything happened, the pandemic, he was going to go to uh, state college, you know, and I, I, I barely went to community college. So um, <laughs> he, you know, he's really good grades, really hard worker, really, you know, the most well-behaved kid and you could ever imagine and yada, 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 the opposite, you know, when he was, when I was his age, I was doing martial arts, yes, full time, but I was also, you know, undisciplined in other ways. So wherever I, you know, so he's to see him, you know, going to start, uh, well, because of the pandemic, he's going to start community college first and then transfer later on. Um, but he, to see where he's at with his uh, education right now and his, his goals and his grades is just unreal to me because I can barely get C's in high school, let alone, you know, <laughs> and then actually barely even showed up you know but in my defense i would when i wasn't in school for the most part i was training or, or doing capoeira and doing something positive or you know so but um and then my daughter you know who's uh she's about to be a sophomore when school starts in high school she um one of the reasons why i worked so so hard the last 10 years was because um she was um you know she uh, her mother and her mother's sister, her actually on her mom's side, their families was like tennis players. So they got my daughter into the sport early. So she's, um, so the last, you know, whatever, especially the last five years, you know, my daughter, my daughter has been, um, traveling for tennis. She's really good. Um, she's been, uh, featured in, you know, newspaper articles, athlete of the month in her high school as a freshman. She's like varsity tennis. She started, the number she started in high school, uh, vars uh, freshman last year as a varsity, um, number one player of varsity as a freshman on the tennis team in her high school. And we've, um, I've, I've, I've taken her to wow, where was it? Fucking Texas, somewhere in Texas, we went for a tournament, and um, yeah, anyway, she's just my daughter's deep in tennis, and um, she already got um. She's like, uh, she's got always got a high GPA. She's got like all kinds of uh, presidential uh, academic awards in middle school, just stuff I couldn't even dream of having uh, when I was their age, you know. So, and she's 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 doing real well. She's already um, on the radar of some colleges that are uh, emailing her and her mother already, and she's not even a sophomore yet. So, 
yeah, I mean, that's where my focus has been the last, um, you know, years. So it's, and then my youngest, you've seen, you've seen the videos of him, Enzo. He's the one who's most like me, <laughs> not, 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 not the most academic like I wasn't either in school, but definitely, no. definitely tries. But his, but his martial arts ability at 11 are, are off the chain, you know? I could, I could see the intensity when he was working, Dude. getting those pads. Yeah. yeah he... I got to post a video of his. I got to post a video of his. Um, I'll post it soon of his boxing sparring okay. with the other kids. It's just, it's unreal, man. But, um, but yeah, that, that's, that's where my focus has been, you know, the last 10 years, whatever you want to call it. So, sure, sure, sure. you know, so um, I'm coming from a different angle when I see all the, the chaos going on outside and all the emotion and, and all the violence too, man. I seen people getting punched at through their car windows in San Jose yesterday. I seen guys, you know, on the freeway. People are stuck in traffic because the protesters they blocked the freeway, uh, sure. several different freeways. And these, these, a lot of the most of the protesters are. It's a different generation. They're all like 20, 18, 21. I'm like, I'm looking at the videos, and they're in these heated exchanges with the riot police. And these are kids, man. You know, to me, they're kids. I call anyone who's like 19, 18, 20 years old. I call them kids. That's just me. Sure. To me, they're kids. Sure. I don't mean that they're not smart or they're not adults, but I'm just saying you know, they don't have to know things. But to me, they're just young, the youngins, you know. And uh, and they're just, you know, they're standing up for what they believe in, and I'm all for that. But when I see people getting attacked, you know, without provocation, that's where like my um, Mr. Miyagi. Uh, essence comes out and I'm just like that's not right man you can't attack people who aren't attacking you or just because they have a right. different viewpoint you can't swing and break a window or punch someone through a window just because they're not agreeing with what you're doing you know if they're not attacking you I don't see where the violence is necessary you, you know so that's where like I'm watching this and I'm like you know I'm definitely a different generation I'm obviously different generation in these these young kids coming up, you know, and, and, and protesting I'm I'm from a different era. I was an old soul when I was, when I was 20, 20, 19, I was an old soul. I had older friends. I hung around, you know, my favorite people were like Capoeira mestres and teachers that I hung out with that I grew up with in my teens. You know, I started doing Capoeira and I had a, a great mentor at 13 years old, my Capoeira mestre, Mestre Marcelo. So I came and I was exposed to different cultures, to Brazilian, African culture at a young age. So, and, uh, you know, I went through all my tri my martial arts trials and through like, you know, traditional martial arts, competitive martial arts, you know, professional competition martial arts. I traveled the world doing those things. So I've, you know, I'm coming from that, you know, if you want to say Mr. Miyagi or whatever, that kind of like old school sensei, like fairness kind of viewpoint lens. And when, respect. and I'm all yeah, I'm all about you know about equal respect and and um, I just don't believe in you know people attacking people without provocation physically you know verbally verbally whatever you know but just like man some of the violence I've seen in my own community right now it's just um I understand it but I I understand so I'm not judging it if they're doing it to them but being done to right. me is a whole different can of potatoes. Especially if yeah, I'm in the car with my kids, you know what I mean. So that's like where where I'm just like thinking. I think of these things. I'm like, man, you know, if I'm stuck on the freeway and an impromptu protest happens, and I'm like, and some 20 year old kid, like I see in the videos, starts hitting my window, 
you know, with my daughter in the backseat and he's breaking my window just because I'm there, just because they want to, you know, I am going to like, you know, I'm going to, I cannot stand for that. Like, I'm going to protect myself and my family to the best of my ability. And ain't no Mm -hmm. way a 20 year old kid is going to be able to survive me. You know what I mean? Like in a physical altercation, like I'm, and I'm just, these are things that just thoughts that go through my head. And I don't ever want to be in that position. Like I'm making a point to not be out driving to I'm going to lay low, you know, the next few days to make sure I'm not caught in the crossfire of anything going on. Cause I don't want to become the enemy of my, of my people. I'm talking about my people, like the human race as a people, you know, I don't want to become the enemy of my people or, or of anyone just be, but just cause I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. But I do, you know, live by a different creed and I've spent the last, what is it since I was, you know, the last 20 years um, going through the physical trials of martial arts of all kinds of styles, putting, you know, breaking personal, physical, mental barriers, putting myself, you know, through all kinds of these, let's call them the trials, you know, and um, Mm -hmm. failing, succeeding, failing, succeeding, failing, succeeding. And I'll be damned if I'm going to have some young kid try and kick my ass just because I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know what I mean? Pretty much. much. (laughs) And I mean that, and that's coming from love. I don't mean that, like, I mean that that statement is coming from a loving place. You know what I mean? (laughs) Because it would be a love and ass whooping. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Very passionate. Yeah, very passionate. Because, you know, I'm watching the, you know, we're just watching the news, you know, and I'm just like, there's no way I'm going to let some kids like who, you know, who, who they think they know everything. Cause maybe when I was 20, I would have thought the same way, but, or 18, probably not, but just saying maybe I, I would have been more like free thinking and not understanding the repercussions of my actions and not understanding sure, that sure. there is always somebody, you know, like bigger and tougher than you, you know, out there. Mm. But um, I just can't believe like, yeah, it, it's, it's um, I'm yeah, I'm looking at things from like almost like a, a strategic, self defense scenario, self protection, sure. you know, kind mm-hmm. of lens. You know, when I'm watching these videos, I'm like, how would I deal with this situation? How would I handle that? How would I handle that mm-hmm. guy doing that or this person? How would I de-escalate it? If possible. I'm looking through all those scenarios because um, sure. and that's just me. That's 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 my life. Martial arts is my life. Um you know, honor, mm-hmm. respect, you know, humility, humbleness, fairness. Those are all my, my credos that I've been taught since I was nine years old, you know, by, sure. by other, other, um, you know, martial artists and leaders and instructors. So yeah, that's my, that's my spiel on that. <laughs> yeah. It, it sounds good. And it makes sense. I mean, something that you mentioned amongst that creed is respect and respect is something that is missing really is preach having respect showing that respect man it just it 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 goes a long way it really does i I was just having a conversation earlier today and yesterday as well in terms of if we take it to the whole law enforcement thing man and you look at some of the videos and um i mean a a man being arrested wrongly arrested and they they have a right to be upset or pissed off and women have being arrested or wrongly arrested they have a right to be pissed off but it's like they be going off going off on the police Mm -hmm. like 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 a a woman like it's her boyfriend and the dude like it's his girlfriend i mean just going Mm -hmm. off it's 
you can be in a position where you're being wrong, but you don't have to go off. Yeah. And you know, I mean, like a respect, man. Oh my yeah. gosh, it, it doesn't justify bad things happening. But like something you mentioned was escalation and de-escalating. You know, if 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 you're being disrespectful in a situation, it can it can be problematic. And, it, and and the problematicness that comes from it isn't right, but it can, you know what I'm saying? It can be that. Respect gets you a it, it can go both ways in the sense that if you're respectful, you can get a lot of things done and accomplished with people. And if you're disrespectful, it can have a, the, a, the complete opposite effect. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's amazing how powerful that is, you know, and um. That's something that's been lost, and and you being exposed to the martial arts, man, as many years as you have been, that 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 respect is ingrained in you. So you look around, you're like, what the fuck? You couldn't see yourself behaving or or being in a particular situation because within the martial arts community, you were you were taught and raised to be respectful, or or even within just your family dynamic, you were taught and raised to be respectful. Right. You know, I've been in the um, 20 plus years myself and respect was a part of that as well but it started at home man my, with my father and my mother you know what i'm saying I, um that was something that they were that they were serious business about <clears throat> so i went into pretty much everything with that respectful mindset and you know again by the graces of god it's it's gotten me it's it's, it's gotten me a lot in life you know if nothing else foundational and Helping me to be a decent individual, you know, but the, and again, also, it's been advantageous with people wanting to to do things and 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 wanting me to be a part of things because of that. So it's man, it's 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 major. Yeah, I'll I'll um one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I and and I, I you know, I'm I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely a little bit of uh on top of that. Uh, I have some other sure. um. You know, we all have baggage. You know what I mean, like and and psychological baggage, and 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 I'm always constantly working on mine. You know what I mean, like in in, in baggage in different categories. I have, and I'm sure we all have it. But you know, a couple of mine is I already have. I have a predisposition to like bullying. You know, I was bullied as a kid, like really badly. You know, and I, 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 I mean, really badly. I mean, different scenarios and different instances from when I was really oh, small man. until I was an adult, you know, and, um, wow. and, uh, oh yeah, I have some really good, we'll, this won't be our first podcast, man. We'll do, we'll do another one soon and I, and I can get deeper into that. Cause it's, and then maybe that'll be part of, um, that's something that that's actually, actually a major part of, uh, a topic I'd like to cover if in a, in a book, you know, if I, if I write one, you know, would be the, you know, my martial arts journey because of the bullying aspects that I, I, I had as a youth and as a team, you know, that I dealt with. But um, but yeah, I have a predisposition to bullying, so I have that strike against me when I'm out and about, you know, where where I I will trigger you know things in me if someone's if I feel like someone's trying to bully me, you know. So and then um, also is what we talked about the generational difference. You know what I mean? I try not to be like a youth ageist, but sometimes I catch myself because sure. because I've had. I haven't had, which means like I end up judging the youth, you know, and I, and I mm-hmm. have to remind myself that I, it's, you can't judge anybody and you can't compare. It's not right. It's not fair. It's not realistic. So I always have to catch myself, remind myself to not judge 
uh, people in general and or compare people to me or and also judge the youth. But sometimes I'm, a, you know, I'm a human being. So sometimes I, I feel what I feel. But um, yeah, yeah. but, you know, I you know, I look back at my life. If you don't even talk about if I don't even include the part about, you know, my my martial arts career, which was there was a lot of, uh, you know, struggle, battles and challenges in, in that part of my life on top of that self-induced, but for my own reasons, you know, trying to conquer my bully demons and all that. And, 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 and my demons of not feeling safe, that those were the catalyst for me getting into all the martial arts and all the competitive martial arts that I did um, mm-hmm. and putting myself in dangerous positions. So I wouldn't feel the need to fear to become, so I would, so I would be comfortable with the aspects of fear and confrontation, but um, you know, right. without that, also, just coming from a broken home, you know, my parents splitting up when I was 12, you know, uh, marital abuse, physical abuse going on uh, right in front of me, you know, for many years as a, as, a, as a young kid, you know, in early teens. And then just the aftermath from a brutal divorce, you know, family splitting apart, people hating each other, you know, all that too, um, you know, go, going from that stable home to like living in different places with different parents and different family members, um, feeling like an outcast, you know, um, being a, a, a vag, being like a outdoor cat as an early teen, uh, you know, before, you know, Uber and, and taxis and stuff, it was just the bus or walking or the bike, you know, so that's how you got around. So I, I got, I found myself in so many dangerous situations because of that, because being a, you know, a skinny, tall, 13, 14, 15 year old in the Bay Area, I, I, I got in so many dangerous situations I barely got out of and sometimes didn't get out of because, you know, I didn't have a car and I like to be outside because I didn't want to be home because of all the misery going on in my family. So, sure, sure. and then, so, and then also later on having kids, you know, being promiscuous and, and, and being irresponsible and having kids, starting having kids at a young age, me, you know, and then, and then finding a way to, to, climb out of that deficit and, and turn into a positive by, by becoming, you know, a, a really, really good dad to my kids and becoming a responsible, you know, adult and dad. It took many, many years. And then just all that growth took a lot of effort, a lot of self-evaluation. And you add that with my martial arts career and then working <laughs> my ass off, at, uh, working six days a week, the last 10, 10, 10, six days a week, the last 10 years. And then I see these, these kids, you know, I'm like outside protesting, and the first thing that goes in my head, I said, I know this 20-year-old ain't gonna come up to me with a pipe in his hand for no reason. You know what I mean? That's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? What are you gonna tell me? Like, what have you done besides YouTube and TikTok, right. bro? You know what I mean? It's like, but I'm coming from a yeah. whole, but I'm also like, and you too, we're like, that almost went when I hear myself say it, I feel like I'm I got transported from a time capsule to a different Man. generation or era right now that I just can't relate to, but I'm but I'm but I'm I'm going to try to the best I can and understand, you know, I'm going to try to be, you know, you know, understanding and stuff. So mm-hmm. and to everyone, cause everyone has their plight and everyone has their, what they're going through. Everyone, what everyone's going through at their time in their life is important. It's important to them. So I definitely got to respect that at all times because I want people to respect me and what I'm going through too. So um, no judgments, but I just, I don't know, man, it's, <laughs> I'm going to try to oh, not get caught up in the middle of a protest. That's all I know. No judgment, but you have a right to have your opinion. We all have a, you know, it's the, you know, it's, it's America, man. So you, you have a right to feel the way that you feel 
and to protect, you know, what belongs to you. You know, it's just, I think, again, it goes back to that respect thing. You know, you, you have, you, you don't necessarily have to judge somebody, but you have a right to your opinion on things. If you feel like something is disrespectful and something is disrespectful, you have a right to feel that way and to protect it as well. You know what I mean? I think people, again, like we talked about earlier, when people don't give that respect is when a problem comes to pass. Like the people that may be protesting have a right to feel the way that they feel, but if they start infringing upon your personal space, then that's becomes disrespectful, and then that disrespect that can be proper. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. Exactly. Okay. It can't be you respect theirs, but they don't respect yours. You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. And I, 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 I see... Um, there's this video, like uh, one of one of my, you know, my some of my my close clients slash close friends. They there's a few some of my clients, like actually maybe like a, a good portion of them. They over the years, you know, they've become clients slash close friends. It's crazy how that how that happens, you know. And um, it's awesome, you know. I'm lucky, I'm fortunate, and um, and uh, they, you know, they we we they 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 come from you know different backgrounds, you know. Um, Sure. Some are lawyers, some are uh, independently wealthy, some are, you know, they all, some, you know, they all come from different uh, backgrounds, but they're, um, you know, we, they te- we text each other uh, when stuff is going on. Um, and especially like what's going on right now, it's just nonstop. We're texting and group texting opinions and, um, and, and Twitter feeds and stuff. And, um, sure. and it's funny, man, how your circle that you, who you who you are who you associate with in your circle that is who you are and um exactly and and i always try to remind myself that too because i have people that i love and care about as friends but it's not the Mm -hmm. the people that they hang out with that's not a good circle for me you know what i mean yeah and then i have people who i love and care about as friends and the people they hang out with is a good circle for me and i'm constantly trying to um you know uh keep that in mind and remember that so i always stay in the most positive peace healthy circle that can possibly be uh great idea. At, at, yeah. yeah at all times you know and it's something i've learned just in the past year that i've known in the last five years but i just learned in the past year you know really kind of impan- realized yeah, you, you have a total of the five people you surround yourself with you're, if you hang out with four losers, you're the fifth you know what i'm saying that's, exactly man, so, man, that's, so that's, man. that's true right and so when we're when i'm texting we're group texting it's funny because we're talking about these things that we don't talk about all the time but it's past things we do about what's going on what's happening right now with the protest and um and the, the my clients you know they're you know they're really 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 intelligent much more intelligent than me in, in terms of just um just they know we know different things you know i'm maybe i'm more intelligent in martial arts they're more intelligent in their lines of work you know you know and um so i'm constantly learning and they're learning from me too which is what life's all about it's a beautiful thing but they have but in terms of like um you know what's going on right now with the uh, with the, uh, the 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 racial inequality, the financial inequality, police brutality. Like we're all, it's it's beautiful to see. Like when we're texting each other, we're all on the same page. And there, so you all, so that reminds me that I'm hanging around the right people. You know what I mean? Sure. And um, yeah. so, but they sent me one Twitter feed of this woman, and I think it's in San Jose. I think San Jose or L.A. And um, okay. young lady, young lady, like looks like she's like 21, maybe 20. And she got shoved to the floor by a police, a large police officer. She got shoved so hard. I think she she looks Latina, maybe in in the video, just to put a a, a picture up, paint a picture of it. And the officer was white that shoved her. She looks Latina, maybe Italian. You know what I mean? Uh, or, or Latina or Italian. I can't 
tell. Um, okay. But um, just just to show, just give you a visual and big white officer. And, um, you know, they were clearing the path. They were clearing the path and she stood in front of the officer. And I watched the feed a few times, the video. And the officer says, it's, I guess they were just really clearing the path. And she, she was in front of him filming him. And he said, you got to get out of the way. And she said, clear the area. She said, why? And then I guess he took her phone and threw it. And then, um, mm. and then he shoved her like so hard, bro. Like she's lucky she's wow. alive. She's alive and she's in the hospital and she's in a hospital bed and she seems to be okay. And she, she's okay. But she took a, she took a video on Twitter saying what happened and, you know, that she wasn't being aggressive or anything. And the video, she's not being aggressive, but, you know, um, she was walking right in front of the officer backwards filming him. And um, yeah, it's, you know, it's scary, man, because I'm thinking like, oh, if that was my daughter, you know what I mean? I'd try and go find that dude and I would corner him when I'd stake him out and find him when he's off duty mm-hmm. and get his ass, you know what I mean? But then also I'm thinking like, so I have that, I have that thought. And then I'm also thinking of the thought that um, I would not allow my, my kids to be in a uh, volatile, right. violent situation like that. I would allow them to be in a situation where they're protesting, but where it's 100% safe. But there's different sure. levels of protest. Like what's going on mm-hmm. over here? It is dangerous, man. It, I'm telling you, because I, and that's another thing where I am very, that's where I'm, I feel like I'm different than a, than a lot of people. Like I'm very familiar with pain and violence okay. and violence and pain. And I've, and I've worked with the public besides through my competitive martial arts and physical martial arts I've done. I, 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 I'm so familiar with, uh, with pain and people and, and violence. And I know what it feels like. And I know what it feels like to dish it out. And, and sure. it's not fun for me personally. And I know what it's like to receive it. And that's not fun either. But you do learn from an ass whooping. That's why I feel like I'm fairly smart in, in some ways because <laughs> I've had a lot of – I've received a lot of ass whoopings on the mats, you know, and, uh, and dished out a couple too. So – but um, sure, sure. but if I'm standing in front of a large, tall, strong-looking police officer or anyone, don't be a police officer, anyone, and that I know that I'm annoying them and I'm mad, and also I'm aware or not aware that it's a it's a emotionally charged, dangerous environment. There's bombs, let's say fireworks slash bombs going off everywhere. People are throwing rocks, and I'm standing in front of this guy, blocking his way, and I have a camera in his face. I, I am aware of the danger I'm in, even if he's not supposed to touch me. I'm a, and I'm a big dude right now. I'm aware of the danger I'm in, and I'm aware of what could happen. And I've made that choice to like, okay, I could get injured here, or I could injure him, or nothing could happen. And, I'm ready, and I accept all those things if I'm there. But this woman, she got tossed, man. And she looked like the way she fell, she didn't have any martial arts training, number one. Number two... This is, this is my viewpoint. She could have cracked her head wide open. Number three, she looked like she'd never been thrown before in her life, much less right. by a large man. Right. Number four, number five, she could have died. You know what I mean? And it's like, it, my point is that it's, it's a dangerous environment right now. And, and sure. people need to be really careful. And the youth need to be really careful and they need to just do what they have to do protest get your point across but be careful you know what i mean Absolutely. it's it looks like a war zone out there not a protest you know right. what i mean right. yeah and if you're going to put yourself in harm's way 
You should know how, you should, my opinion, just my opinion. I'm not saying my opinion's law or God. You should know how to do like a judo break for all, a roll, something. Um, you know what I mean? Because, yes. People don't think. People do not think. You have a good, you have a voice. You can get in front of a large man uh, and, and, and yell at him. But you better know how to protect yourself if if shit goes crazy. You know, know how to. I've seen so many people get hurt out there in the videos. You need to know how to roll, how to go roll with the punch, roll with the push. If she had yeah. been doing jujitsu for a year, she would have got way less hurt. You know what I mean? Right. Or just it, just again, another kind of martial art is not putting yourself in a situation to get fucked up. Right. You know? Or right. And also on that note, Kendrick, to like. Be aware when the shit's about when he's about to make a move on you. Be able to yeah. have the 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 for the the vision to step back at the right yeah. time and minimize the push and 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 or just don't sidestep as he's about yeah. to come. Don't yeah, just stand there like a like um like those people crossing the street at night and they're not looking and they don't care and they're on the highway and they get hit mm-hmm. by a by a bus or by a car and they go flying through the air. That's what it looked like. Yeah. It looked like she got hit by a car. It was really scary brutal brutal and my and my first opinion isn't my my first thought isn't like it's just like damn it is dangerous out there and and i don't and i'm not saying the cop isn't right for doing that and the at all and the girl you know is she right for being in his face of the camera some may say yes some may say no that's everyone's opinion i don't really have a i don't know enough about protesting and i'm not an activist enough uh or have an activist mindset enough to be able to speak on that whether she's right or wrong to be in his face and not get thrown. I don't know. But all I see is a dangerous scenario going on and people need to be really, really careful. Absolutely. And they have to have account and you have to have accountability too. Cause you can say, okay, she was, I remember she was saying on Twitter, she was saying afterwards and when she's in the hospital bed, cops are pieces of shit. They're fucking pussy piece of shit. Right. That was her, she was saying that from the hospital bed. And, and I understand why she's saying that in the, I can understand why she's saying that in that moment. I'm trying to like look at it from her point. She just got almost got murdered by getting tossed by this police officer. She was standing in front right. of. But look at the scenario you're in. You have to accept. You have to understand what a danger. That that's the thing about young people, and anybody. You have to understand what a dangerous situation is yeah. when it's happening, and you have to yeah. be prepared to live with the consequences. And when you're in a scenario like what I see with the protest or slash riot slash violence slash emotional um, protesting that's going on, whatever you want to call it. When you see this rebellion going on outside, I understand it and, 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 I, and I get it. And I'm totally, actually, in, in a lot of ways, I'm totally for it. I'm just not for the violence or for needless violence. But I, you know, I think people have to understand People have to understand what a dangerous situation is. So it, no matter what, when you get when it comes to certain scenarios or certain levels of escalation, uh, and, and hu- we become human beings out in the jungle. It seems like to me in, in that moment, people it looks like they're out in the jungle. And you step in front of a lion, even yeah, if that yeah. lion's not, it, it's his job to not do anything to you. If things right. are escalated and it's like a war zone, all bets are off, and you need to be careful. You Absolutely. know what I mean? You need to be careful. You know, and that's. Common, that common sense, man. I mean, com- and respect. It go- the respect plays a part as well because, okay, you're protesting. <clears throat> okay, you know, you're, you know, mutual respect. You, I don't want to violate anybody's personal space, man. I don't, I don't, I don't have to get up in your face 
or make you uncomfortable with me being in your face to get my point across. So for her, that's probably wasn't the best idea for her and for him. The respect is, man, okay, she may be theoretically violating your personal space, but she's still a woman. And exactly, exactly. Pounds or 200 pounds. So mutual respect is her not getting in his face and respect to him would be him not manhandling a woman. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with, with any of it that's to do with hurting someone physically. I don't agree with it. And, um, but I have worked, I will say this though, also, I have worked, I did, I was a bouncer, you know, in different bars and clubs for years off and on for like 10 years. And I had, I've, you know, that's why I got to write the book, Kendrick. (laughs) I got, I got, I got bar fight stories. I got, I got dojo storming stories from the gyms I've worked at. I've got, I've got all kinds of shit. Oh man. Um, So, um, but like, so what I'm saying is, is that, um, I, I know working in security, women, forget about men, of course, this happened, but women disrespecting me for no reason. And usually it's fueled by alcohol and late night, it's 2 a.m., yeah. asking yeah. people to leave nicely. But, you know, people aren't in their right state of mind anymore, like the people outside. Like, mm-hmm. like you get caught in the crossfire of those protesters. There's some like, and again, I keep saying the age thing because I see mostly young people out there. That's what I see, man, in the news. I get some 21-year-old face, 21-year-old and get in my face, 18-year-old, 16-year-old, tell me they're going to kill me. You know what I mean? And they just met me a second ago just because I crossed paths with them. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're not going to receive the nicest treatment from me either. You That's know what I mean? You're and human, um, being. human being. Yeah, we're all human beings. And, and, uh, it's, and, and so I can... So we're all human beings. And when you're not in your right state of mind anymore, you know, things happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Things happen. Yeah. Whether you're a police officer, you're a protester, you're an innocent mm-hmm. bystander, you know, it's it's scary when people lose their um, whatever that part of their brain is that is reasoning and rationale and mm-hmm. right and wrong and empathy. It's it's those are scary moments, man. You know, yeah. You know, what's interesting about that as well is you being a passionate and emotional person the way that you are, you know exactly what it is. And me being a passionate and emotional person, I know what it is as well. And, and I, I can only be grateful to the good Lord and grateful for you as well that we've reached that regard of maturity where we know how to be mindful of it. And mindful. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you can get... The, the the person the guy that's overly emotional and overly sensitive is theoretically the guy that gets pissed off when he's having a disagreement with his girlfriend and he makes it violent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, but it, it I takes, can't relate. Yeah. It takes that mindfulness, man, to understand. Okay, this is getting bad. I'm getting upset. Okay, I have a right to be upset, but I don't. You know, but I don't want it to be bad, and I control it. You know, whereas you, you may make that decision, I may make that decision. But there are men that don't make that decision or there are women that don't make that decision as well. She may be justified and and the right to be pissed off about the situation, but even still amidst that emotion, amidst that anger, you don't want to do nothing stupid like hit hit your dude upside the head with something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That mindfulness is a blessing. Mindfulness, yes, is a blessing. Um, More than a blessing. That is so important. But if I could, if I could go a step before that, or Please. further, further or before, I think it's important to teach our. If we're talking about like um, 
dom domestic uh, violence or, or, or arguments or whatever with our significant other, I mm -hmm. think it's very, 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 very important to set the example of and teach our um, our sons and daughters what yeah. a healthy relationship or dynamic is. So they're never even in a relationship with someone who has the mindset of being uh, violent domestically towards them or that has a capability yeah. too, because that's all... I mean that that's in your in your DNA or it, or comes from tra past trauma or sure. whatever. So if you can, I think it's I'm going to teach my my kids best I can, um, best I can or that's possible to find a way to not be in a relationship with someone that is that has a propensity to be violent, whether a man or woman, and and and, and know the signs to a healthy relationship or or a toxic relationship because you can. And that's something that I learned that I'll try to share, you know, what's, what's a, what's a recognized, being able to recognize what's a toxic relationship, what's an unhealthy dynamic for, or a partnership and what is a healthy one. Who's someone that brings, be with someone who brings the best out of you. You will argue, but it doesn't, but because of your, because of your growth or, or upbringings, it will more likely not lead to any violence or, or verbal or verbal abuse, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that's even more important before it gets to that point, you know? Absolutely. And it is a decision. You're right about that. It's funny. I, <laughs> I think I had this conversation, a similar conversation a couple of times in the past couple of weeks. And that is when it comes, it, it doesn't have to be a fight. It doesn't have to be an argument. It could be a disagreement. You know, a disagreement is one thing, but arguing and fighting is something completely different. You don't have to allow yourself to get pissed off <clears throat> and, you don't have to be the person to piss somebody off, but that goes back to something you were just saying a little while ago in terms of making the decision to be in a healthy relationship. And that's, that goes for romantic relationships as well as um, your friendships and your alliances as well. You know, like you said, you want to be mm -hmm. with people that bring out the best in you and somebody that wants to bring out the best in you is going, is not nine times out of 10, they're not going to communicate with you in the way that's going to be disrespectful. And I remember years ago listening to a message from a woman in ministry named Joyce Meyer and, and the, 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 the what I took away from it was doing things in love because if I'm in a relationship you know because I love my girlfriend I'm not going to the, the love that I have for her is going to be in the forefront of my mind and that's going to that's going to modify or help me modify how I talk to her even if I'm not pleased with something that she may do or how she speaks to me because I love her and that's in the forefront of my mind it's going to encourage me and help me to move a particular way in the conversation you know you my brother i love you because i have that love for you and that respect for you that's going to be the forefront of my mind in any conversation that we have you know what i'm saying right i do i do as opposed to you know if it's something i want to communicate to you in terms of the respect and the admiration that i have that love is going to motivate and encourage me to word it a particular way or i might want to say man have your, you know have your breath man it kind of stinks but i gotta say it with love man yeah right? yeah love. yeah and it's, it makes all the difference man it really does you know so that, I, I really believe that that um goes with what you were saying initially you know um with the bringing out the better and all that good stuff yeah so but yeah mindfulness is something else life changing it let it be for the good and the bad <laughs> yeah i um yeah so i i i guess um before you know before 
at some point, we should just talk a little bit about some martial arts. That's what I really want to talk to you about. And uh, so I'm going to ask a few few questions uh, so we can get get some martial arts Q and A going on okay. this uh, on this day. And then, um, like I said, in, in the future for sure, I'll, I definitely really soon I want to do another another uh, follow up to this podcast with you so we can get deep deep into the martial arts, man. Um, so so tell me, Kendrick, what is your uh first uh what what got you into the martial arts in the first place what were your first martial arts you studied and um up until the point to where yeah and then go through your, your capoeira training and then after that okay my first martial art <clears throat> that i studied was informal and it was boxing um i can remember being 17 years old man and taking an encyclopedia and looking up boxing and looking at how to, you know, I just seen a picture of how a guy was standing and how he held his fist. And, and that was my, um, that was what I, my first exposure to trying to learn or have anything reminiscent to knowledge about or the education. And then I had watched, um, I want to say a couple of documentaries. I watched one on Sonny Liston and um, gosh, the one on Sunday listening is the one I remember the most. And I, I have, a, I had a, a once upon a time a huge love and respect, and I still do for Joe Lewis. Uh, Red, yeah, yeah. the champ. You know what I'm saying? And just, um, I've, stu- I've studied Joe Lewis immensely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Th- th- those are my first ex- exposure in terms of the martial arts. I, ne- I never formally trained in boxing, but as a 17 year old kid, I learned how to throw a punch, how to stand, and how to hold my hands from um like i said looking at looking at it in the encyclopedia and watching you know what i'm saying that's awesome you know what i'm saying coming from a kid thank you that um that wasn't confident and didn't know how to defend himself i didn't really until i was 17 years old that's when i learned how to hold my hands you know depending upon if you uh, right hand and left hand you have one hand extended one close to your face and i learned all that from documentaries and um (laughs) and um you know, reading about it, I bought a punching bag and some bag gloves and, and kind of played around with it. And any, and to be honest, anything that I can do with my hands in terms of accuracy or speed or whatever, truly comes from um from from that. That was the foundation of it. It, it always kind of went back to the time that I spent hitting the punching bag and shadow boxing and just throwing my arms. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that was bo- boxing or my enjoyment for boxing would have been my first. And then um, came the Capoeira, you know, later on, you know, and um, I learned about Capoeira. I remember, I can't remember how old I was, but there's a video game for Sega Genesis called Eternal Champions. And um, one, and, and back then. They had a Capoeira fighter on there, huh? Yep, his name was Trident. And what happened? Yeah, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, he was green, and th- those video games came with books, and you could read the little book that they came with it. And that particular book, it told everybody's martial arts fighting style. And for Trident, it said Capoeira, African slaves, yada yada. I said, "Wow, I never knew something like this existed." You know, so I had to be about twelve or thirteen, and then when I was nineteen was when I was exposed to an actual capoeira class. I was working for a company called Mattress Discounters, and there was a guy that trained judo, and he said, yeah, um, there's a place that teaches capoeira, Seven Mile and Lobster in Detroit. Really? Okay, cool. So I, I went to my first class, man, and I was hooked. I was Who hooked. was uh, teaching your first class? A man by the name of Barrett Leverett. 
Baron Leverett. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yep, Camarada. Camarada Leverett. Camarada the I, house. I talk to him, and I, I um, you I, do? yep. Oh on man. IG. Tell myself what's up. I sure will. Awesome. Facebook. Um, awesome. I him at the gas station about three months ago, and he still he looks amazing, man. He he, he doesn't drink up what anymore, but he still trains. Right. Looks amazing, and he he just man, and I just it's funny because the gas station that I was seeing him at, the guy that was working there was a really good friend of mine, and he knew Barrett as well, and I was just telling him, man, this this cat was my first martial arts teacher, man. That's awesome. Respect I have for him for just um yeah being what he he represented at that particular time for me. So totally, man, man, this stuff. You know, man, but, some of my happiest moments in my life or memorable happy moments. Um, I have many. I'm lucky. I can say I have many. Sure. I have, you know, I have books full of happy moments. But one of the most funnest, happiest, inspirational was uh, being in Detroit with Barrett and, and Shango and all you guys getting to know you guys. That was, for me, the best because I just felt the the love and positivity and, and just the funness of it all, man. And it was just the enthusiasm of you guys. It was just unreal. Like I will, no matter what's happened from since then till now with um, the other guys, sure. I, I, you know, I'll always have fond memories of that. You know what I mean? It was such I, a innocent, pure time. You know, I don't know what the fuck happened, but it was a uh, back then. That was an innocent, you know, pure time, and I'll always cherish, you know, that whole moment, those moments, and all those guys. Man, it was just. I wish it could stay like that, but nothing stays the same. And I understand things happen in life, but uh, those are some wonderful memories I have of you guys there. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, but there was that. I've trained Capoeira off and on. What was that? 90, about 22, 23 years. Um, I, and I played around with American Kempo for a little bit as well. It's very, very brief period of time. Um, oh, I, you went, you went, you went, you had a Jeff Speakman phase? Yeah, man, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I wanted my, my nephews to do something, man. And, and I put... <laughs> I put them into it, man, and it was a month. And and I, yeah. I trained it for a month as well. In this particular place, you could train up to seven times. I think it was either seven times. A, it was like seven or nine times a week you could train. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you that I still remember stuff from American Kempo because I was at every class, I mean exactly that. Yeah, you know, I just, I just for that for that month, I was in there. I wanted to encourage my nephews, and I was curious. And um, it was a, it was amazing, um, what I learned about myself in that time period, man. Because I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, I, I'm not the the smartest guy in the room, and I'm certainly not the most talented <clears throat> in terms of martial arts or physical things but being able to learn and absorb my absorb what i did that way man i was like wow you know like like i mean it really it it gave a a sense of confidence somehow i think you know Mm -hmm. because again if you're for someone that's a prodigy or someone that's naturally talented you could you you still have to work for it but even still there's something about you to where it may resonate or click with you quicker right whereas with someone like myself again I've never been that guy, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but to see that happen with me was actually pretty cool, you know. So I played a, I played around with that, but um, Capoeira is the one that I spent the most time with, man. And I've, I've, you know, 
certainly not the best, never have been the best, but it's, it's, it's been a part of my life, you know, off and on for, like I say, 23 or so years. And, um, you know, because I've done it for that amount of time, I can, I can still go into the basement and go into the garage and, and work on <laughs> different things and know how to work on those things because I've been a part of that world for as long as I've been. You know? Right. Who, who was, that's good. Who, who is, so who either after Barrett, who was a couple of the teachers you studied under? Um, Tro- Gary Williams and William Brown Jr. Um, um, Trovada and Negobone. Yep. Yep. Those guys, those, those guys That's raised great. me a couple of years, you know, and, um, just very, very talented and humble individuals. You know, I, I was blessed to, um, to spend the time with, with them that I did, you know, they were definitely impactful in terms of my, my growth as a caparista. I mean, and as a martial artist as well, I mean, that, you know, Gary Trovoada, that dude, um, he's been involved in martial arts for forever, you know, and, yeah. and, and for him, it's, I don't, I don't know if I want to say a way of life, but he's very knowledgeable. If you talk about it, like Shaw Brother films and mm-hmm. just information about different systems of martial arts i mean he's just very he's he like a like a for lack of a better word i've heard michael jai white reference himself as being a fight nerd right um gary is a nerd when it comes to knowledge of martial arts and in addition to the fact that he's trained several you know just just a nerd if you want you want to know something about something if you call him and ask him a random question he knows so that's that's interesting because in the last 10 years or mm-hmm. especially the last five years, I've become more of a fight uh, martial arts nerd than ever before. I've, in terms of like movies, especially with the advent of YouTube, also just remembering things as a child, all the magazines I used to read that were my dad's and my uncle's, the martial arts magazines. Wow. Yeah, I've become the ultimate, uh, the ultimate martial arts nerd. So yeah, we, we definitely get a, um, uh, I, I definitely will have some ideas for doing some IG live with you, Bilal. And we could like maybe review some some old martial art movies or current ones or or some training videos and and have a little fun with it. That sounds good. You know, it's funny to hear you say that within the past ten years, you've become more of a nerd in terms of the cinema, mm-hmm. the cinematic aspect of it. It's it's kind of in an interesting way. It's encouraging mm-hmm. because my God, for you to be as skilled as you are, as talented as you are, but even still. That that particular aspect of it was not something that you were knowledgeable of, but even still, look at what you have accomplished and what you, you know, will continue to accomplish. It's awesome because it's like I myself as a martial artist, I don't I don't have the talent. I have some, but I don't have the talent. And I look at guys again like Gary and, and William. And not only do they have the talent, but they have the knowledge. Especially Gary, just being the encyclopedia that he is. As much as I love martial arts, um him being as knowledgeable as he is about just a lot of the ins and outs of it made me feel unintentionally. It wasn't something that he did on purpose. Yeah. Like, he didn't do anything. I'm, I did it myself. Yeah. I made myself feel the same. And what kind of a martial artist am I? Um, I don't know this and I don't know that. But and like I say, it's encouraging to have this conversation with you because, okay, you may not um, have been you know, as knowledgeable about things on film and cinema, but it's like, my God, look at what, look at, look, look, look you got a mirror, um, Javier, look at yourself in the mirror, man, look at who you are, look at what you've developed into by your influences, and it ain't got nothing to do with watching movies. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
that's blood, sweat, and tears, and hard work, man. So that's that's really, man, it's a blessing. I know, but I'm, I just I have a new I have a new appreciation for martial arts nerds, and okay. and let's say and people who are into martial arts and fighting that aren't per se fighters and okay. people who that are martial arts nerds and fighters and just back and forth like anyway I, I, I have a whole new appreciation for enthusiasts i don't know what happened I, I i'm gonna guess part of it subconsciously is that i've slow that i've over the years i've slowly moved away from my focus being on the physical uh okay. sparring and stuff all the time and being uh uh maintaining my my physical um my, my physical strength, my physical endurance, like, like maintaining it for like 20 years almost just without any breaks. And then slowly in the last couple of years, slowly trying to move away from, from, from always doing full contact sparring from always, especially like boxing sparring. I, I slowly moved away from that um, for several reasons. Um, none of them negative um, just because I'm getting, yeah, I'm real. getting older. I'm, my I need to focus more on my my creative mind, not just my physical. I need to focus on, you know, business ventures, you know, marketing myself, uh, expanding my brand, things like that. That that you can't do if you're constantly running two three times a week. If you're sparring two three times a week, and not just the physical part, but the psychological preparation kind of needed to to be doing that every week. That's that's a lot of energy and 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 thought preparedness that could also be going towards branding myself better, marketing myself, kind of learning new things. So, um, yeah, I've been slowly moving out of the physical realm of, of, of boxing and stuff slowly and, um, and and just trying to focus more and just enjoy the other parts of, of boxing and martial arts uh, through just like, you know, the, the, you know, the theory, the visual, the movies, the whole nine, just enjoying other parts of it, you know, more now because I've, I've always been – yeah, I've always been someone who's definitely realistic and, and had a fair amount of common sense. And I think these things just been happening gradually and subconsciously and, and I'm enjoying it, man. I I really am. What um how many how many different martial arts have you trained? And um what would you what are what are the ones that you say you're the most proficient in? And your dad, God rest him, what did he train? And and I think I remember I think he was your first teacher. What did he did he train multiples and what what ones were his favorites or what are proficient? Where he's the most proficient? Okay. Um, yeah, that was, this is crazy. It's gonna sound like a martial arts movie, bro. So <laughs> there's so many layers to my dad when I talk about him because he was a he was a sure. pioneer in a lot of ways. He's he um so take your time. But, but I'll 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 start with this. Like up until about a year ago. On, on my average, like, let's say my Friday, I, I don't know how I used to do all this because when you stop doing what you're doing and you take a pause and then you re- think about, backtrack what you used to do, it was freaking crazy, man. Like, I, so, like, on a Friday at my gym where I was working, uh, HitFit SF, the boxing gym uh, primarily, okay. um, I would, with a lot of space, I would, you know, maybe on a Friday I'd have three three or four clients to teach private lessons and boxing to. And then, um, and then I would on any typical day or on a Friday, I could be sparring some good amateur or pros, uh, what they're sparring in the ring. Not that doesn't include me teaching my clients. And those are always, um, 
And if I say sparring, it's if I say the word sparring, I'll say that's usually involving like pretty much heavy contact, like pretty much full blows. And then, but if I say like training or training sparring, that's like kind of going light, but still getting a good workout. But like, yeah, I would be doing boxing sparring any given day or spar some, some, some decent pros or decent um, uh, amateurs or just some tough guys that are in the gym that want to spar. I'd be doing rounds there, or I could be on my break. I would be also uh, grappling. There's a downstairs, there was a downstairs area with mats, less people. And I would always have my gi and I'd be doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu rounds with um, some guys that I, I made that I've um, like, there's a guy in the gym named Kevin, who's a, a really good uh, brown belt who I've been grappling with uh, over the years. Um, he box, he would come and box too and spar. And then after we, we coordinate our schedules and do get a good grappling sparring ses- session, gi session downstairs, usually about, okay. you know, maybe like two to three, you know, seven minute rounds or two seven minute rounds, but full, full, going full out. And then throughout the week, I'd have different um, jujitsu guys come that, that I know acquaintances and, and training partners from the area. And usually they're really good, like really good, you know, black belts or brown belts or purple belts. And they would come and do rounds with each other there. I would just co- I'd coordinate my schedule. I'm always about, I'm good with time management. So I'd always like trying to maximize my day. And then, um, sure. yeah, and then, and then I would go take off my gi and then go teach more, you know, private lessons in boxing or whatever. And then, um, and then maybe spar, you know, later on boxing. So constantly switching styles, you know, from what I'm doing, you know, basically speaking like several different languages in the gym. And I just love that. I love being able to do that. Part of that was my ego, always being able to do that, you know, and um, that was fun. But that was up until about a year ago, like. I mean, now obviously everything's changed and, and I'm just kind of, all I can do is kind of like, you know, stay productive as much as I can at home and, and online and just reflect on, uh, you know, all the good training I had over the years. I was definitely, definitely thankful for all that um, time I've had to train until this pandemic hit, you know, and, oh, and then I was also with spar once a week, usually with a, a, a Muay Thai group from one of my old uh, Muay Thai coaches, uh, he would get a group together of um, kind of like uh, retired, you know, amateur Muay Thai guys and um, all around the same age. And we'd, we'd get together and spar and then do exercises after spar with shin guards on. That would be like once a week, usually Tuesdays for the past few years. And I posted some clips of that on my IG too. And um, yeah, those were not as hard full contact as the boxing sparring, but but definitely still still pretty pretty decent contact and um a little more cooperative sparring but the boxing sparring is always crazy man it's like freaking killer be killed for some reason that's just how boxing sparring is huh. and uh and um what should we call it? yeah so that would be that'd be my i mean that and then before that would be you know taking my kids to school in the morning and then picking them up on my break and and between all of that and then getting home and, and doing the other things after that with them so I have I've had full days. That's just up until I was about 42, 43. I, I maintained that for a long time, many, many years. Pretty That'd be cool. like an average day. And before that, I was for uh, I was for a couple of years on and off. I'd be doing private lessons with, uh, you know, Jairo Escobar. There's videos of him holding pads for me in my IG, you know, best to me, best mid holder for boxing in the world. And he trained my son for four years too, Enzo. And, um, and then also doing a uh, training Muay Thai with a uh, coach Joe 
this great Muay Thai, local Muay Thai coach, and I got some videos of me training pads with him. So even even in my later years, constantly trying to learn and just stay motivated and inspired and also stay in shape and also keeping myself a student so I can be a better coach and trainer to my clients because then I know it's like to still be a student, you know, and um, just live in the martial arts dream. And then, but then if we go, that's what, that's up until 42, 43 years old, current day. But then if we go back to right. my thirties, twenties, teens, before teens, yeah, you know, I was just a sponge and just getting, what was your, getting into it. Tell, tell me about those fundamental, well, you, you said a couple of it since you were 12, 13. Yeah. But like for an example, like what 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 all did your dad train? He he said he was your first teacher. What all did he train? So he used to teach and karate in our garage. He turned our, our garage into both houses that we lived in while my parents were together into a karate dojo. Sure. So to old school tatami mats with canvas covering, uh-huh. and um, he just had you know weapons, heavy bags, up and down uh, double end bags, all kinds of boxing apparatus along with uh martial arts weapons everywhere so my dad he's got extensive i don't know know where to begin he's just so accomplished as a martial artist i just don't know where to begin it's like it's like if someone asked you like dude what did einstein know you know what i mean it's like Uh, damn like where do where do you start um but he he has a seventh degree black belt in okinawan karate he started um but he had trained in taekwondo judo and and um locally and abroad overseas like in latin america he he trained extensively in the filipino martial arts on and off he was um incredibly adept with weapons um he mastered uh okinawan kobudo he mastered the or the tunfa the sai the the nunchaku um the steel the steel knuckle duster form sets uh the bow staff the the broadsword he mastered all of those he was so good with weapons he was good he's a great martial artist and great fighter but with weapons was his like he was so good with weapons he just had a talent for it and he loved it i think it was his the weapons forms and katas were his uh that was his temple you know and he loved empty hand katas too. That was his, I think that was his mental and physical temple, how he would do his best to keep his sanity. You know, he had, um, you know, he got married at like, I think 20 or 21 and then to my mom and started having kids immediately and then didn't come from money. So he, um, he had a stressful, you know, life, you know, at an early age, a lot of responsibility. So I think the martial arts was great for his stress and mental stability as long as it lasted and um he also boxed some in college at san jose state so he was familiar with boxing he liked boxing he would integrate it into his karate classes um he did his two of his cousins uh from el salvador who i i had opportunity to meet and move around with a little bit play around with at certain points um in their judo black belts and high level judo black belts um one of them is deceased. One of them is, has a humongous uh, judo school in, in Montreal for, for the last like 20 years, Paco, uh, Club de Judo in Montreal. And um, he trained with them, you know, whenever he had a chance. So he was familiar with gra- with grappling. He was familiar with boxing and weapons. And he would incorporate, and he'd also been in, you know, like street fights growing up. And uh, he, he would incorporate all that into his teaching, plus with a traditional like karate, kobudo curriculum. And uh, he always... Um, you know, he w- he was a bit advocate of sparring with boxing gloves on 
but he could hardly get okay. anyone to spar with him with boxing gloves, even like high level black belts. This is like in the, in the early, the mid seventies, early eighties, you know, he, he would, uh, and he did, and I do what he did. I would get my, my friends together, meet me at work and we'd all grapple or spar. And he, it's funny. Cause you know, he did that with his, with his martial arts buddies were all black belts in Taekwondo karate, and they would get together do forms and, and also spar. And I remember he used to tell me back in the days, he's like, I'd ask him, you know, I go, dad, how was, how was uh this guy's boxing your your friend the black belt you know he's he's like not good not good no one's boxing's mm-hmm. good you know but they're really good kickers but no good the boxing's really really poor and and I remember my dad would you know he was just a trailblazer man he was like the original Chuck Norris man he did boxing he hit the heavy bag he he ran like crazy you know at the track and outside and every you know and then he also was a uh, his his martial arts teacher also t- was also a, a master of Chinese martial arts too. His, his Okinawa karate teacher. He also taught and mastered uh, Tai Chi, uh, uh, Chinese weapons. Uh, my dad was a master of three-sectional. Well, I would say master, but he was really good at three-sectional staff. That's one of the hardest weapons in the world. Okay. And um, and also the the, the nine-sectional whip chain was also uh, uh, forms he, he, he did. Those were like, he was good with those, but I, I remember those were like the toughest weapons he said to, to master the whip chain and the three-sectional staff. And uh, I have videos of him doing the, the forms with them and VHS and um, I have pictures and uh, I'll post a picture of him with three sexual staff. I'll do that soon. And um, he, you know, he mastered the double broad sword, the, the spear, the Chinese spear. I mean, all that stuff that uh, he, 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 you know, he learned, he learned the forms and um, I forget exactly what Kung Fu system uh, it was that he learned the forms from, but um, I know every I know every Sunday, as long as I can remember, when I was a kid, he would go to the Golden Gate Park with his with his instructor and some other guys, and they would do Tai Chi for like hours in the fucking park, hours. Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. So and you know I got pictures of him. I got a post too where he's wearing the 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 the, the, the kung fu black outfit. You know the I got his I don't forget the exact name, but um, you know he, sure. he you know he he's like a Latino Bruce Lee, bro, like. It's hilarious, man. He was so disciplined and he knew so much stuff and he was really well-rounded martial arts wise. And um, so, yeah, I, I mean, that's what I grew up kind of looking at and watching. And um, I just remember my first teacher was actually my dad and Bruce Lee, more Bruce Lee, because uh, I'd watch his movies and him and the, his movies and Chuck Norris movies. And I would just practice before my dad even taught me anything, you know, because uh, I was a little kid. I was like six, seven years old. And there's only so much you can teach your son the attention span at that age and and um but i would learn by watching i'd watch his martial arts classes i'd see what they're doing and i would practice it and then but more so i'd watch you know all of bruce lee's movies and and just that's how i learned how to kick in the beginning i would just copy it and um and i got pretty good because i would practice all the time at seven years old i was practicing kicking eight years old i was practicing kicking and i was practicing kicking so much i was getting good without really being taught too much how to kick I mean, my, you know, sure. and then my dad, so my dad, he saw me practicing when I think I was eight years old. He saw me practicing in the living room on my own, like real practice, bro. Like I'm putting in like time, putting in work, working on the wow. same kicks, you know, like spinning crescent kick, you know, hook kick, roundhouse kick, front, jump front kick, just going. And, um, wow. and I remember, uh, he, then when he saw me one day doing it, he walked in and he's just like, damn, he's like, I'm gonna sign you up for lessons. So he, he, signed me up for the kids karate program that his his karate instructor was you know had so it would be like the kids class monday and wednesday and then it'd be like the adult or wednesday friday and then be the adult class after that so i would go to class and then he, after my class i'd wait for my dad's class to be over to wait a couple hours and then we'd go home and and it was fun man and um but it was like traditional okinawa karate that i started with and then uh eventually got my black belt 
when I was 16. And, um, but when I was 13, that's when I was introduced to Capoeira. And then I started doing that at the same time. Well, I stopped doing karate full-time when I was, I think, actually 12. I stopped doing karate okay. full-time, 11 or 12. Yeah. And then, so I did karate when I was eight, I was 11 or 12. And then I was a brown belt. And then I stopped and, um, and, um, and then when I was 16, I, my dad was getting a belt promotion from his karate instructor. And he said, if you want to be part of the promotion, you got to learn, you got to do perform these katas and spar. And if you perform these katas well and spar, this, I mean, you can get your black belt because you've been, because the, you know, they knew I was a martial artist. I was a capoeirista and I'd always been training and training like, you know, like crazy. I was in crazy shape, but, um, they, he said he would give me my first three black belt if I learned if I performed these katas x amount of katas at the at the promotion and if I if I sparred you know so so that's what I did I did I, I got ready I learned them well, I kind of knew some of them are a bunch of them already but then I just refreshed them and then and then I was I performed them and then I got my my certificate and then my first three black belt in Shonru karate but you know I was 16 at that time I was already getting good at capoeira I've been doing capoeira about two and a half years, three years. And I currently already kicked really well. I was becoming really athletic from the Capoeira training. And um, I did Taekwondo for about four months when I was 12 years old. Not Taekwondo, Hapkido, Korean Hapkido. Okay. With the guy who's, this was the instructor, the guy from Game of Death, Jihan Jae, the one who fought Bruce Lee, the wow. first fight, the guy with the gold and white gi. So that's Jihan Jae. He's a, a grandfather of uh, Capoeira, uh, sorry, Hapkido in the United States, Hapkido, Korean Hapkido, and he was his school. So I trained with his black belts. Uh, they taught the class, and then I also did some training with him. He would teach the class too. And he was old, old at that time, you know. Um, but he, it was sick, man. I loved Hapkido, but then um, my parents split up, and then couldn't afford it anymore. My mom said I was bummed. But then shortly after that, that's when I was twelve. I found um, uh, my parents were having financial difficulty or they around the time they were splitting up and I, I couldn't afford it anymore. So I was bummed I couldn't go. But then I found Capoeira after my parents really split up and uh, okay. and I tried a class with Mestre Marcelo Pereira in the mission at Footworks Dance Studio and I just fell in love. But I had seen it before that on a video. My uncle got, my uncle's a really well-known um, percussionist in, um, in the Bay Area, Rene Mackay. And he um, sure. he had done Capoeira in Brazil and, and he had trained at Mestre Accordion's um, academy uh you know back then when i was like 13 so it's like 89 1989 he had trained with him before that like even mid 80s he, and my, my uncle had been in brazil and he had the videotape of mestre marcelo playing with mestre bariba who passed away rest in peace mestre hesagia at an event for mestre accordions bachizado at laney college in oakland and i saw mestre marcelo doing these batafuzos and mayaluas i was like i'm sold that's when i was 13 so um, my mom actually found a brochure for capoeira in the mission and i called the number Mestre Marcelo answered, told me to come down and check it out. And then when I got there, I realized he's the dude from the video that I was like so impressed with. I couldn't believe he's the yeah. teacher. That's like you see a video of Bruce Lee and then Bruce Lee answers the phone. He's like, Yeah, come try the class. And that's the guy from the movie teaching you. So okay. So that's okay. so that he was there. And then so I did Capoeira, hardcore, freaking, you could say almost every day, traveling, training. I mean, forever. I mean, my life was Capoeira from when I was 13 until I was about um, maybe till like maybe till about 2000, 
two or three, that's when I started about that. So from 89 to about 2002, 2003, that's when I started uh, like, you know, amateur Muay Thai competitions and training and MMA training and, 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 and jujitsu started kind of taking over my interests completely. So then I would, was your, what's that? Was your dad, a, I was going to ask, was your dad a supporter of your MMA and your, um, you're fighting in that sense as well. He, he was, but uh, before that, I forgot to mention, he's also like a, a, a master of Filipino martial arts. He also mastered that in the middle of all of that. Um, he sure. was just an innovator, man. He was so, I mean, I've got, I've got uh, so much documentation of Filipino martial arts and Filipino Kali uh, in my storage area downstairs, you know, from him that he left me uh, all this crazy, like secret scroll shit, man, Filipino Kali stick fighting that he collected and put together. And um, yeah, he was so good in that too. And yeah, my dad, um, he, uh, he, yeah, no, he supported me or whatever I did. He was always, um, I'll tell you how I started boxing when I was, so he, he cornered me for my first kickboxing, amateur kickboxing fight. Oh, real, real, real quick before, before you, I'm, 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 I'm eager to hear this as well as I am everything, but I have to tell you just, I meant to tell you earlier, I still remember what you taught me with boxing. Just, just keeping my chin to my chest and my shoulders up. <laughs> I, I, I still remember, I don't remember that. that I showed you that. Really? When we had the first bachizado in Michigan, you stayed with me and um and Carvon Negu yeah. Bon, and uh, we were we were in the um in, in, in Negu's room. I remember. It, I remember. I wrestled most, with Carvon. Did I wrestle with you too? Yep. I, yep. You showed us. You showed us some um some some Brazilian yeah. jiu-jitsu, and you showed us. The Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I vaguely remember, but I remember two things from the boxing. You said you keep your chin to your chest and your shoulders. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's when awesome. I, when I, when I, when I, if I practice shadow boxing to this day, I remember, and it's, it's weird because, you know, it's uh, if you're not taught to keep your chin to your chest and have those shoulders up, you, you know, you don't, you know, you, you don't. You don't do it, but when you start having that mindfulness to keep that chin, that chin tucked and those shoulders up, it's it's kind of uncomfortable, but you get used to it. But I never forgot that, man. And that's been that's it's, that was like two thousand five, two thousand six. You know what I'm saying? So, so oh, brother, man. You know, that is you know what I'm saying? How about you make it what you do, being who you are, and it means the world to people, and I'm and I really appreciate that. Man. Thanks, you know man. What I'm Thanks, man. I appreciate you saying that. Okay. I forgot that. <laughs> Damn. That's so I've never had. I, I I can't even hundred and ten percent say I've never had formal boxing training because for that instant when you stayed with us when you were in town, you were my boxing yeah, teacher, man. Crazy. I remember that. <laughs> oh man! Whenever this, like, I know we talked about it a little bit, but uh, we could talk about it later, like uh, off air. But um, uh, about your 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 proposition for me. But um, but yeah, man. When whenever that it happens, and whenever it's safe to do, you know, with the pandemic and everything, yeah. dude, I will sure. hold pads for you, and I will show you some shit, Balu. You will freaking love it. You'll go crazy because I learned. You know, through through my fighting competitions and you know traveling the world, fighting and stuff, and all those things and everything I've learned. Also, on top of that, the the boxing system that I've learned from um from Coach Escobar, Escobar Boxing. Um, sure. He he, you know, I was lucky enough to train with him the, the, for three years. Uh, he took me on as a client, even though we were in the okay. same business and the same type of kind of business in the same field. 
you know, where, where there's competition, you know, kind of sometimes to like, you know, we're all trying to get more clients and this and that, but he, um, and I was already, you know, an established, you know, fighter or trainer or whatever. He still took me under his wing and, um, he took my son under his wing and he took me under his wing and, and he, I learned, you know, I recorded every single session I had with him. I have it all on my iPad and my phone and, uh, and I, and on some disc drives here and he, he, um, he, uh, you know, I learned his system, you know, best I could. I mean, I can't do it like he does it, but I got, I definitely learned a lot of it. And it's just the most amazing like network system. And I definitely will show it to you, man. Whenever I see you in the, in the future, man, you will love it, man. Thank you in advance, man. I'm looking forward to it. That's just, I mean, man, I just, it, it's, I'm, thank you for sharing, you know, some of, some of your story with me and just telling me about your dad, man. It's just, I remember hearing that he had trained and um, just bits and pieces from, from Gary Trovoada, you know, coming up in Capoeira. I remember him talking about, about that. And I mean, you were a legend before I met you, you know, and then to meet you, it's like, man, this dude is talented, but he mad, cool and down to earth too. This, this cat is, this is, this is a good dude. You know what I'm saying? So, Wasn't that a fun time, the, man? Oh, that was such a fun time. Oh my God. To be able to, it's a blessing, you know, 15, 16, 17 years later. Have to be able to have this conversation with you, man, and still be learning things and you sharing some of your family history in terms of that mark. It's like it's 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 awesome and it's impressive, man. And I, I can't imagine I can't imagine how proud of you your dad was, man, because it's like though you may have trained different things or had different interests interests of martial arts than what he had, even still, you a martial artist and a fighter to the core. And so was he, man. It's like, golly, it's a, it's amazing, and and I admire it, and it, and it, it, um, it really gives me something to aspire to, even at forty years old, man. It's like, um, our bodies change and we get older, and it can be kind of frustrating because it's like, damn, and I, it's still so much more I want to do, yeah. even just from, from a martial artist standpoint, yeah. so much more I want. God, can I still do it, man? I get my weight down and. And, and, and but it's like man, where does life just hope, man? It, it's, it's very inspirational. You know what I'm saying? To listen to you talk about it. Man. No, for sure, man. No, man, I gotta lose weight too right now. This quarantine hasn't been kind to me, man. It started out good. But listen, you have the done. <laughs> but you know what to do, you man. You, you've lost the game weight. How many times throughout your life? Our best had muscles and lost and your muscle self, you know? You know what I'm saying? You right. How did you um in terms of your acrobatic ability, did you learn that from Capoeira? Ooh, um, did Mestre Marcelo teach that to you or did you spend time in, in a um in gymnastics facility? Because that's that's another that's another um another side to your training. You know, and matter of fact, I'd do you one better. Um did your was your dad skilled yeah, with he, the with the acrobatics you know as well in yeah, addition you know to what, many, um, many, 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 yeah, many, you know many, 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 Sure. known and renowned because he was such an incredible martial artist and definitely a humble martial artist and um he just i mean his favorite saying was like the proof's in the pudding like you got to be able to sure. 
demonstrate and 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 show what you know. He always said that since I was a little kid. And um, you know, part of me, you know, wish he he got more recognition. And maybe one day I can do something, you know, where I can kind of just you know give him some recognition. I mean, talking about him definitely does. But you know, he never got that. I mean, there's so many people who weren't as dedicated uh, martial artists as he was who have so much recognition and got so much recognition. And, and he was dedicated not just to martial arts, but to his health, his nutrition. He was so healthy. I mean, he was like a Bruce Lee man. And um, uh, he was an enthusiast. He was a enthusiast to the millionth power, but, um, and, and good on everyone else who, who, who were able to be good businessmen and, and brand themselves. Well, he just never had that. And, um, but yeah, man, he, he wasn't real acrobatic, but he, he definitely tried. He, I remember him, he had this, uh, this, sure. I forget what they call it, the rolling thunder kick, you know? Yeah, I think he, um, it's kind of like an Awu Shibata, sort of. And um, he would do that in sparring, and I forget where he learned it, damn it. This is pre-Capoeira, before anything. He would spar, and okay. sometimes he would just bust it out. I mean, he would just do a rolling thunder. I mean, this is in the 70s, man, and 80s. And uh, he would do that on a hardwood floor <laughs> or on or a concrete floor or on a mat. Uh, and he would just do it, hit, wow. I mean, mid-karate full contact karate sparring he would hit a rolling wow. thunder forward somersault no hand kick and hit someone in the face and he would practice that on on a bag too he'd make a special bag apparatus in the garage and practice throwing it it was crazy like a like a suicide dance move a suicide kick forward flip but on somebody's face sure. like in the air it was just nuts so i remember him being kind of um you know, you could say he's athletic for sure. Yeah. But, um, he, I mean, he would try to do cartwheels and rolls, but he did do judo. So he had, he had some, some time experience, some experience with judo. So he did know how to fall and roll. So he did have some athletic ability in that, but in terms of flips or cartwheels or somersaults, no, no, he couldn't do any of that. Yeah. He would try to do handstands and things like that. So he had some, I could say he had some acrobatic ability, some, um, the one thing he did with me was, uh, he got me into ac- he had me in acrobatics for two two years you could say okay. uh, when I was seven I'm eternally grateful for this um, he, I had did acrobatics beginner acrobatics when I was seven and beginner acrobatics when I was eight and performed in these little okay. uh, end of the year kind of talent shows with that school it's called Schumacher School of okay. Dance where my sister uh, did did dancing she did jazz ballet tap and um, so he. Um, sure. Those wow. basic beginner, two basic beginner acro years I did there was just super instrumental for a foundation for me when I started Capoeira. So when I started Capoeira, I could already do a cartwheel and a handstand and a backbend. So that was huge. I couldn't do them perfectly, but I could do them. So yeah, and then, but okay. I never considered myself an acrobatic person until I got, until I got many years into Capoeira. Even when I was a year into Capoeira, two years, I didn't consider myself an acrobatic person. I never thought in my life at a certain point I would be able to do a backflip. I never thought I'd be able to do a back handspring. I never thought I'd be able to do an Eric cartwheel. Okay. Those were things, much less a jump, uh, round off, full twist backflip. I, I, never, I never thought I would be able to do those things. And just little by little and achieving different goals one after another and also being luckily, luckily enough to start coupling when I was young, I, I did all those things. But I never thought in a million years I would ever. I, I never, it's not something I saw myself doing. It's just unreal. But once you, once you conquer one goal, you got to go to the next level goal. And then you conquer that, you keep going. That's how I got good at acrobatics. I can't do acrobatics now to save my life. 
Um, yeah, because I haven't, I mean, I can do cartwheels and stuff, I woos, but I haven't, I can do handstands, but I haven't um, practiced them Are you regularly at all in the last 15 years, you know, you could say 13 years. So, um, I mean, I can, but okay. it's nothing like before. I can, you know, I've gotten really oh, good okay. at uh, okay. jujitsu and boxing. You know, those things are like really good. Those things are legit elite right now. But uh, but but something had to give up, and sure. uh, and you know, I fell. Something had to fall. You know, I I fell really bad sure. in, uh, doing a, a a flip, a mortal in the horda. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, I I mean maybe like two thousand maybe 2002, 2003, I fell really bad in a flip. I, I, I did a, I did a, I, this is the time when I was doing too much at one time. I was doing jujitsu, boxing, MMA. I was, and capoeira. Like literally at one point, almost full time, like all of them and working. I don't know how. And, and I would go from one to the next, to the next. And then I remember, wow. you know, flip, I would do without thinking. So I remember wow. I was in the Honda and Burke, you see Berkeley. And I did a, huge high flip just air regular flip and the harder and then i said okay i'm gonna do my half twist flip and then more with the half twist which i had done millions of times it was easy for me and i loved it so after i did that one i went for the half twist and when i got mid and i could do a full twist i could do all kind of stuff at that time but i when i got mid air my jump the highest point of my jump i forgot where i was and i just lost sense of where i was and i think it was from not practicing flips as regularly as I used to. I used to every week I'd practice flips at least once a week. I just have a flip day or I was practicing flips to keep it sharp. But I stopped doing that because I was doing all these other martial arts at the same time, uh, you know, being greedy, if you want to say or whatever. So, um, okay. and then I, I fell straight down face first. And at the last second, sure. I turned the angle of my head. And I think that, and I just hit my face. And I, and I didn't, I, but I easily could have broke my neck. So I hit my face, uh-huh. face first on the ground, bleeding could see everyone in the room was like shaking and I couldn't see anybody. And then I got up and of course kept trying to play because that's just me. And but I was like looked like I was drunk and master capoeirista. And then um they pulled me away from the hall and I was no 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 stop 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 stop. Right. And then I went to the hospital and I had like a sprained back, sprained neck. Sure. But I but I was okay. And then a month later I was fully recovered. But then after that I said man I'm just and I wish I hadn't done it but I just mm. I, I stopped flipping and and then slowly, it just acrobatics. I was able to do as much over the years. So, but, uh, but I'm trying to get it back, though, man. I'm training. Um, training my back. I'm training in my backyard, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm working on a comeback. Yeah. So, Must but yeah, I was right never there. a good acrobatic until I just worked on it slowly. I was never. I didn't have the talent okay. of awesome. flipping, like let's say a Melandro, not even close, you know, or Shango, you know. Okay. Well, you know, the thing about it, too, something that really kind of dawned on me as I got older is we it's it's hard on our joints. Yeah, it's a whole bigger bag you of got, accent, When you man. carry a mask, man, it's hard on your body, period. I don't care what anybody tells you about big such things being big and healthy, man. It's not exactly. good body, which is why your back hurt and your knees hurt when you reach a certain level of weight. You know what I'm saying? So. Mm-hmm. Like Shango and um, Malandro, they they're they're they've always been little guys. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? yeah. You and I, we five eleven, six foot. You know, six one, whatnot. That's that that's weight, okay. And our, our our body type, you know, we get heavier. It's harder on our body to do those things. You know, one of the reasons why. I mean, of course, you know better than I do. But just from a 
you know, using my common sense and basic logic, one of the reasons why you probably were able right, to excel right. and maintain your acrobatic ability was because you were probably pretty light in the butt when you first learned right. it. So even though you're fluctuated, you had the mechanics and, the, and you knew how to do it. You know what I mean? It's just it's yep, yep. your body when you're lighter. You know what I'm saying? It, it's a cat. I can't remember what his name is, but they call him Kung Fu Panda. Um, and something happened with him where he gained a lot of weight, but he mm-hmm, learned how mm-hmm. to do an yeah, abundance exactly. of, of acrobatic <laughs> stuff when he was skinny and Love small, Kung and Panda. he still do it when he was bigger, too. You know? No, for sure, for sure. Hey, Same so friends. I want to finish off with a little hey, martial arts nerd uh, in there, my man. movie oh, thing, hey. and then um, and then maybe <laughs> in a couple of weeks, let's let's uh, let, let's let's sync up the podcast again and, and go into the Okay. Going to even more to the martial arts background, <laughs> yeah. I could, I could, I could, I could, yeah. We could go into more martial arts uh, history and background and okay. training and stuff. Um, okay, that works. Do, do it again in a couple weeks. Um, so what do you? So my 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 son Enzo and I were um were the most alike out of any of my kids, personality wise, oh, interest wise, and you know martial arts uh, ability wise. So he. He, so we, so I we got into uh, this is part of my martial arts nerd uh, what do you call it um, journey that I started about five years ago or so, and um, so we got really 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 the past few years we got really really deep into the Ip Man series with Donnie Yen. Okay, did you watch any of those? I, the only one I remember vividly is the last one that okay. he just did that was in the movie theater. So you saw the, I, I you seen saw the, the first one I want to say, one? and I seen the one with, with Mike Tyson. Okay. So, so what do you think? Of, what do you think like of the Mike series uh, um, in general? I, you know, what do you think? What's your opinion on the movies? Yep. Yep. I, I enjoyed it for right. what it was, man. It was entertainment, of course. You know, it's supposed to be based on, you know, some of it is supposed to be based on his life. I mean, but I'm, I'm a, I, like yeah. I, we had kind of spoken about earlier, man, though I may not be as versed in the film and I may not be the most talented, but I love martial arts. I love martial arts. And mm-hmm. Donnie yep, Yen yep. is an extraordinarily talented man. And, and seeing him do what he did and see Scott Atkins is a bad motherfucker, too. Man. Yeah. I, I, I feel like he's really, he, I feel like he's, he he doesn't get yeah, to do he that is, he should he in is. terms of being um the martial artist and the actor that he is. But Scott is a bad motherfucker, you know. But I I, it. I love martial arts, man, and 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 I I enjoyed the film. So, I enjoyed so, the choreography. Yeah, so I, I came upon it, man. I enjoyed, I enjoyed one, Donnie. I enjoyed one, everybody. I think on it was, it was, Netflix a, a while back. I forget how many years ago. And I love the character of It Man. I know the history of mm-hmm. It Man and Bruce Lee, and, we, uh, and um, the actual facts. But because um, I've been studying like It Man and Bruce Lee from when I was a little kid, okay. you know, I mean that's all I used to read about in the magazines. Uh, so I know the story, but I and I know that the movie is loosely based on his life. I love the character that Donnie Yen created. I I. I love what he stands for. I love his disposition, sure. kind of walk softly, carry a big stick type, you know, and um, his Mr. Miyagi-ness about him. I love the okay. martial arts sequences. You know, I love the entertainment. I love the the lessons. I love the relationship between him and his wife. Uh, I love everything he stands for. And that's where I get into the, um, 
and that's where my so my nerdiness comes into like I love those ethos and those creeds that the martial artists have that that are not everyone has or maintains throughout their life and their career those like he mm. it man the Donnie Yen character it man stands for justice equality fairness um loyalty you know what i mean and and discipline and humbleness i just love it all dude i get so deep into it man so i seen it man one well me and my son i've seen it man one we've seen it probably 20 times and um and it man two we've seen probably 20 times it man three probably 20 times and we went to the movies for the nice. opening of it man four in daily city and we loved it. We we're the only non-Asians in the theater, which is pretty funny. And um, and I told I was people were at, uh, I, I was like I was so excited, like it was the first Star Wars coming out or new Star Wars. Wow. And I was telling uh, everyone, "You guys ready for this?" They're looking at me like I'm crazy. I was like so excited because it's been a long time since since it from Hitman Three to Hitman Four. And um, man, I was and my son, you know, he went with me and Enzo, and um, you know, we know the movies back and forth. And, uh, and this is when Star Wars, the last Star Wars came out, the, the newest Star Wars movie. And I'm a big Star Wars fan too, but sure, I, we had a choice, watch the new Star Wars or watch the new It Man. And I told him, we're going to see the new okay. It Man. And I told him, this is going to be way better than Star Wars. And it was way better than Star Wars. And then oh, um, we're watching the movie. And then some people were talking to me after the movie. They're like, did you like it? You know, And, and actually, there's this couple who were actually um, there with their kids. And they were, they're, they're actually all martial artists. And um, I think they did Taekwondo or they did Hapkido. Uh, and um, and they were asking me like, how you know about It Man, this and that. And I started telling them more about It Man than they even knew, right? And they're like, they were like, I said, no, my dad was a martial artist and now my son's a martial artist and I'm a martial artist and I just, I love martial arts. Nice. And, and I told my son, this is the real Star Wars, Luke Skywalker Jedi's right here. These are the real Jedi's. I said, It Man's the real Jedi. That's why we're watching this instead of Star Wars. And they were just like amazed. They're looking at me like, they're like, damn. Like, they're like, this guy's martial arts woke, yeah. right? And then um, and then they left, right? And then I said, Yeah, my son, you know, and then and then so they're like, Does your son train? I said, Yeah, he does boxing and, <laughs> and mixed martial arts. And um and then so they 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 the movie was over, it was after the movie, and then they kind of walked away. But then the mom came back and then she she said, Hey, I just want to tell you that uh what you doing with your son you know sharing these things with him and, and introducing him to this the martial arts stuff is like really really amazing and you're a really great dad and then she walked off man that was touching that was touching man that was like really cool you know wow yeah man i know yeah. wow how about that how about that yeah, she said. Yeah, Kendrick. She said. Yeah, I, really, I know that really, really did so something for you, man. You share I, that blessed me to and, hear it. You know what I'm saying? You're a really just... great dad, and this is it's awesome. And um, and I just said, yeah. I said, oh, thanks so much. I, I said, I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Thank you so much. You know, you, you have a great day. You know, yeah. And it was um, it, it was great, man. Yeah, we so we bought I bought the movie on Blu-ray at Target sure. when it came out, and we're just big Ant Man fans. And um, you know, and I break down some stuff in the movie that my son doesn't understand, and. And I just, I just love it, man. I love, I love it, man. That's the, the martial arts nerd in me, man. I love the It Man series. Bruh, it's just to listen. It's what a legacy, man. Your, your dad really left. He left an amazing legacy, man. And that's, I feel like for a man, that's, that's, 
that's a part of what it's about, man. He he did what he did, and he passed that into you. And wow, you passed it on to your children, man. That's that's a man. That's bruh. That's 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 yeah, that's, that's. I can't I can't properly articulate. Yeah, it's how pretty awesome, it's pretty deep, man. huh? And how much I respect that man. Good for you, man. Wow, man. That's good. Stuff. It is, man. It is. It really is. That's a part of. I feel like. I mean, legacy, man, that's a part of what a man, what a father does or leaves behind for his children. And again, you got that, that, that out, that the, the foundation you got from your dad. And then so life's you about passing on to your yeah. children. It's like, man, that's, that's good. To put it mildly, Hob, that's like, that, that's, 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 man, that's, uh, it, it's, that's a beautiful thing, man. And, I, and I'm, 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 I'm humbled and grateful to be able to have this conversation, man, with you and to, just to, to learn some things I didn't know, man. You know what I'm saying? And it, it feeds me and it encourages me, you know what I'm saying? Because, again, I'm a martial artist and I love martial arts. So when I'm able to engage people about it, you know, it's a blessing. But I'm, I, but, but I'm, it's, it's a, yeah, much, a bigger blessing. Hell yeah. I'll tell you. I'll, so here's a fun little factoid. Family, so so uh, one of my other I'm, favorite martial arts sharing. movies of all time, I, which I, I also have the copy of the, the Blu-ray, is the last dragon okay. with Leroy Green tie back, right? You you seen that one, right? Okay. <laughs> hey, of course, they do it. They do something in New York every year. They've done it. Gosh, I think maybe maybe seven, maybe ten years. They may have done the Urban Action Showcase, and it, and it's it's basically, um, yeah, just all, all of your talent, your your, your Man, I'm trying to think of a way to word it. Uh, your black martial artists, yeah, and, and different, like famous black oh, martial arts man. matches get together. Michael Jai White, I think, was there last year. I went a few years ago, and Ty Mock was there. A man by the name there, a oh, man by the a, name he, of Bobby he Samuels, he's a, he's a who was a, he, he, he was a student of Samo Hung. He, you yeah, know, he, that's he's crazy. There, <laughs> just a lot of a lot of. Yep, yep. He was a part of um. Dang. Choreography team, yeah. Robert Samuels, man. Actually, Gary, Gary Trovada, the, 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 that's you know the Trovada effect. <laughs> man, it's a good time, guy. And yeah, it, it was um, when I went, they were you know, time off. Yeah, man, it really is, man. You know what I'm saying? Just um, so I mean, my dad, learning, my man. dad. But it, when you said uh, so when you said the last dragon, my brother, my that, that brought back mom, that memory. I remember yeah, the movie came out there. like '85. We there. saw it in Coma, city of Coma. And I remember, we were outside. The movie just came out, and we. We had uh, we we're waiting for my dad to show up and buy the tickets or whatever. Or my mom had bought the tickets. We we're waiting for him. And I remember, I think I was like eight years old, and eight or, and uh, I remember I was so excited to see the movie. I was eight or nine, or maybe I was ten. I'm not sure. Eighty five. Let's see. Seventy. I was nine. I was right. nine. I was so excited to watch it. I was dying right. And I seen the commercial. I was already heavy duty in the martial arts at that young age already, like heavy duty. And um, he. So my dad finally shows up, and we're. So, I was so excited to see him. I remember. Right. And I was like so excited. We get went in. We got the popcorn, you know. And I was, you know, I I was nine. My parents were young. My brother and sister were there. We went and saw the movie. I I loved the music in the movie. The movie was so funny to me. I thought there was the comedy was hilarious. The martial arts was electric. It, I will and so I have the Blu-ray and and my my so we obviously love the movie. I obviously became a big fan. I I watch it anytime it was on HBO or whatever. Finally got the Blu-ray a while back. For the anniversary of it, I love. I just love the movie, and um, 
sure. And then so I so I introduced my son Enzo right to it uh, years back. Of course, this years ago we I got him into maybe like three four years ago three years ago I got him into um, three four years ago, I got him to the Last Dragon. You never seen it. So he's eleven now. So that was he was about seven or eight when I started getting him into it. Let's say eight. So then. So we'd watch it, you know, and then we'd watch it again. And then later on, another year later, we'd watch it again. I'd see if you pick up on more stuff. <laughs> and it got to the point um, we're texting each other, right? So my son would be texting me, you know, and um, sure. let's say I'm at, I'm at the gym, right? I'm at work and I'm, he's waiting for me to come home. And then we'll, we'll be, he'll, he'll text me, you know, like this maybe like, let's say like two years ago, I remember him just texting me, waiting for me to get home from the gym, from, from work. And um, late at night, he's texting me and I, I don't know what we were texting about. And then I would text him just randomly. I'd, I'd text sure. him, who's the master? And then he would text and then he would text me back Leroy with a long Leroy at the end. It was just so funny, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, this definitely I I've definitely I've definitely tried. Wow. I've definitely exposed wow. Wow. all my kids, the martial hey. arts, my all my my oldest son Cruz, you know, who's more into basketball. My son Enzo is a is a, is an excellent uh, ball player too. Um, see, this is a martial arts, bro. I've had them in basketball camps sure. like crazy, uh, judo, kung fu, you name it, um, and karate. And um, but um, okay. they, uh, yeah, they. I've definitely tried to introduce them, share martial arts with them their whole lives. And my youngest, as you as we know, he's the one who's who's embraced it the most. The other two have too, but. Um, that he's embraced it the most, which is just really fun. And, and as, as we said earlier, a blessing and it's really deep, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. It really is. It really is. It, it, it really, it gives me something to aspire to be 40 years old, but it gives me something, you know, to aspire to in terms of just being better, man. That's all I really want to do is be better, you know, in every, every way that I can. <clears throat> and it's like again being being and it's funny man yeah because right Me too. I, I, I can never i could never think of a time in my life where i spoke about my age more than when i turned 40 <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? so it's like but I, I just talking with you is a reminder nah, that it, man. you know nah, not at all. Like I, I went, it, it I went running twice this week outside for like 25 you know minutes and then you i know. send my i said take a little video with and I got my my mask on and my my glasses and I'm like sweating and and I, I said I make a little video clip and I send it to my clients and to my friends and um and I just you know we I, it's 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 not easy but just um and we all put too much uh pressure expectations on ourselves but the main thing is to just um do we can just do a little bit whenever you can a little bit of exercise even if it's just twenty push ups you know do ten push ups one push up shit. You go out for a jog for, for two minutes. It all starts to uh, help out and add up and it helps our mental and our physical and it'll start to accumulate and we'll get, we'll get, we'll get better shape slowly. So, and, um, and just do it for the fun and for the love of it, you know? Yeah. One. Yeah, I really do. That's, that's, that's really my, that's my stress mm -hmm. reliever, man. I, um, I, it's, it's interesting mm -hmm. we're having this conversation because I, I I've never had a lot of back strength, so I can't do. I ordered some resistance band about 
bands about maybe a couple of weeks ago and just training on getting some pull-ups in, man. I, I want to get the king of back exercise. Oh, yeah, man, that that's state. a good goal. Yeah, that's My good, short-term man. goal is to be that's able to cut, to cut my lawn with no shirt off in July. <laughs> so between doing my pull-ups and my, my um, body barbell squats in the basement and training my kicks, I'm, I'm working on it, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm looking forward to that, man. I really am. Sure, I, um, I, out I, here, I have man. the best cameraman <laughs> editor and, and one of my closest buddies in the world, man. And I'm I'm actually contemplating doing. Hey, that'd be dope. Hey, yeah, yeah, word. I'm definitely. Uh, I could definitely. Move, that yeah, I'm definitely. Um, he getting into like you know, like I said, branding um, and marketing myself and um and things like that and just uh yeah, share, sharing sharing my experiences, you know, and and all that. Yeah, he um you you have the you have the creative vision, man. He'll make it happen. Matter of fact, um, if you don't mind, um the humble lion, the humble lion motivates, you know, that's